He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Well, good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. Here we are on episode 32. 32, a few weeks of break, but uh, I think kind of well-deserved. We had a happy a, Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, it was, uh, we had a, a few busy weeks. Um, and so, and then, a, you know, a couple of times I think we just forgot because we were out of, there was one time we forgot. Uh, and by we, I mean you. But I blame everyone but me. Uh, it's just natural. Uh, the, uh, so uh, men typically are kind of Ted Deer, they're very prideful, and I'm not above concupiscence, so it's not my fault. I have no idea what you just said. Concupiscence is this uh, oh, I know this what it inclination is. Toward, uh, toward sin, sin, but men being prideful are Ted Deer and not wanting to admit, yeah, that's, maybe that's just me. Tetu, um, that means little cow. Uh, <laughs> hard-headed. No, I think it also means little cow or stupid cow or yeah. I mean, hard-headed and mm-hmm. something about a cow. I don't. I don't remember. I used to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forget. We need to explain what that means. Um, so, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, so we had kind of a, a few different topics we were kind of thinking about. Um, I mean, since our last time, I mean, we had Divine Mercy Sunday, so we could have talked about what Divine Mercy looks like and how does God enact His Divine Mercy, which is one of my favorite things when I think about Divine Mercy, which is the image above your head, actually, um, is how um, St. Faustina in spiritual direction, um, her spiritual director, you know the story, right? Her spiritual director asked her, um, he wanted to test the apparition that she was having of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he said, ask Jesus next time you see him, what my greatest sin is and then come back and tell me. And I'll know if, if, you know, like I'll know if it's him because only he would know that. Right. Yes. And, um, and she asked Jesus the next time she had this apparition, you know, Hey, what's father's greatest sin? And he said, go back and tell father. I have no idea. He's been to confession. Yeah. No, so, yeah, so just the power of the sacrament of yeah. confession for those of you who maybe, you know, are still on the fence after all these months yeah. of our podcast about going to confession that our Lord not only forgives you, but he literally forgets yeah. your sin, which is the big miracle. huh? And, uh, and so we could have talked about divine mercy and what that looks we like. We just did. And, uh, <laughs> we could have gone to depth about sure, it, but, yeah. uh, and then also this past weekend we had the man to man conference, uh, for our, kind of for the diocese but it was held here at St. Pius and even bigger than that we had our Axe Men's Mini Retreat yes 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 <laughs> we also had that at this past time so I mean we could have talked about uh, really kind of the spirituality of men or the masculine uh, spirituality what does that look like what does that kind of not look like and uh, and how can we foster it as men uh, kind of living in the world with families or a single um, and and uh, we could have talked about this past Sunday the readings um, I kind of talked about the role of the Holy Father the Pope mm-hmm. and why do we have a Pope so we, we could have went down the road of uh, what is the church hierarchy like what's the different roles of the church hierarchy and what does that look like especially in regards to teaching or governance, I Matthew think that was, sixteen, right? 
Huh? Matthew 16, you are Peter, and on this rock I build my church. Yes. And so, the, uh, you know, and, and we could have went into a few of the different weeds along with that. Like it says, you know, the Pope can speak uh, infallibly. Well, what does that mean? I mean, that means he's always right, right? Yeah. I mean, like he had breakfast this morning. Does that mean the breakfast he had is on the best breakfast? Of course. And that's infallible? You know, or, or, you know, what is, how can he speak infallibly and on what ways can he speak infallibly? It's a very narrow road. And there's only been a handful of infallible statements yeah, in our 2,000 plus years of Yeah, I think history. there was uh, three of them, uh, and all of them dealt with Mary, right? And and 2,000 years, this the Pope has so when he sits on the chair, Peter, and makes a proclamation yes. about matters of faith and morals. Yeah, yeah, and so the way that most people think uh, of this infallibility uh, is not the only way the Pope can speak infallibly, but the way that most people think about it, that's only happened three times in history. Mm -hmm. uh, whether Pope ex cathedra by the, his own authority and uh, spoken saying this is dog, this is true. Uh, from the chair of St. Peter, you know, ex cathedra, from the chair, he speaks his place of authority. And all three of them dealt with the Marian dogmas, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Immaculate Conception, the Assumption, you know, and so, um, and so we could have went down that road about... We could have even gone down the road of... Um of, you know, uh, doubting Thomas, right? Mm. I mean, because we've been talking a lot about him in the Gospels lately. Yeah. Um, Father Brady said something I thought that really struck me, and we kind of unpacked that a little bit at our mini retreat, was that, you know, um, Jesus immediately gave Thomas what he needed for faith. Like, I've yeah. never thought about it like that mm -hmm. before. Like, Thomas said, I need to see his, I need to see the holes in his hands and stick my hand in his side. And, yeah. And then the next time Jesus shows up, he's like, here, here you go, Thomas. And how the implications of that for our faith or when we doubt, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when we need something to increase our faith, all we got to do is ask the Lord and he's going to be there to give it to us. Yeah. And so, so all these things we could have yeah, talked about. Yeah, now people on their chairs like, okay, so what in the world are y'all going to talk about? There's a big <laughs> thing going on in the Supreme Court right now. Monday. Monday evening. And I think we talked about this right after a little bit, right after you uh, got back from the Right to Life March, because you said you said that this year was going to be the last year we would have the Right to Life March. And yeah. it looks like that may actually be a thing. Yeah. So, let, so yeah, let's preface it with that. Uh, I went to the March for Life. And and all and God's honest truth, this is something I didn't know. But when I went to the March for Life, people were saying left and right, you know, this... The, pray to God this is the last and this might very well be the last March for Life we ever have in this country and the March for Life that will be that's had in January uh, in opposition of Roe versus Wade will now be turned into uh, a, a March of Celebration in mm. June uh, and I was like wow is it really you know are they really? And then I started looking into it, and the decision to overturn Roe Ro, Ro versus Wade. Wait, say that again. Roe versus Wade. There we the go. The decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Yes. Um, I got a few phone calls about this yesterday. Yeah. And it's, um, the decision to overturn it will be made in the end of June by the Supreme Court, which right now the Supreme Court is mostly pro-life. And so... The decision, you know, we were ex we're expecting is that it will be overturned, and it will no longer be a blanket statement for the country, but it will kick the uh, individual uh, laws to the states, and and a majority of the states will 
be pro-life, which is where it should have been to begin with. I mean, if you look at our constitutional law, this should have yeah. been a state decision anyway. Yeah, it's a, well, it should be complete. I mean, it really, sure, yeah, 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 no, it shouldn't be I a thing. I definitely understand what you're saying. But yeah, like, it shouldn't be a thing. But if you unpack the laws, the states should have been given the right to make this decision. Yeah. Instead, and, they were held hostage for a long time, right? Because mm-hmm. they, you know, if they didn't have uh, pro-choice laws that allowed for abortion, the federal government um, threatened in many cases to withhold federal aid. Yes. And so the um, the decision will be kicked back if Roe versus Wade is turned over. Um, then the decision of abortion will be kicked to the states, and a lot of states have what we call trigger laws, which is if this is if this decision is made effective immediately, abortion will be illegal, mm. um, and which which definitely upholds the Constitution because the Constitution protects the sanctity of each human person, and especially the most vulnerable, uh, which is the fetus. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to. Um to one of our volunteers whose uh, wife is pregnant. Well, mm-hmm. I was talking to both of them actually, and uh, just uh, within the last couple of weeks, they had uh, they had their ultrasound, their eight week ultrasound, oh. and the eight week ultrasound is where you get to hear the heartbeat, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's 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 where a lot of final decisions are made. Like mm-hmm. if a par- if parents can hear that heartbeat, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, absolutely life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure as every parent knows Cried for all four of them Yeah Yeah uh, I mean of my own Right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's uh, Absolutely uh, Life giving Life changing Truly A gift from God The greatest gift God can give a couple Is children So uh, Tell me about this draft Like we're in a draft form What does that yeah, mean I, I, I really haven't been Paying attention I don't watch the news Yeah so the um, This draft So with the Supreme Court, every decision that they make, uh, you know, it takes months of decision making, of debating, and uh, internal, you know, uh, conversation with it. And what was released, at least apparently, right? So, I mean, this is what the news is covering, and so I'm kind of assuming it to be true. I'm actually printing out uh, the draft form, and I'm going to read it, uh, every page of it. Uh, I want to see what, what it says. But uh, from what the news says, uh, a draft has been released Monday evening about the, the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. They voted affirmed that they will overturn Roe versus Wade. Now, this is a draft, uh, which means that it's just a preliminary thing uh, in regards to it. What's extraordinarily significant about this is not only the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, but what is absolutely catastrophic is that in the first time in history, a case has been leaked from the Supreme Court while the case is still ongoing. This is the first time in history this has ever been done. Mm. Um, now, this is where it gets into conjecture, but it seems very plausible, and I'll say why. Um, that it was leaked on purpose with malicious intent so that there would be pressure put on the court. There would be pressure, external pressure and violence uh, done against the court uh, in order to uphold the unjust law of Roe versus Wade. Why do I say that um, I think this makes sense? And I don't, and maliciously, uh, let's talk about spiritually for a moment. Abortion 
is the most horrific sin an individual can commit. It is the most horrific sin an individual can commit. Uh, and I know we've talked about here on, in the past on the podcast about women that have made these decisions and how we can outreach for them. And I mean, every priest I know has done ministry with women that have made those decisions. So if you're listening right now and you have been someone who um, has had an abortion or you know somebody that has had an abortion, um, you are a victim as well. And, yeah. uh, and, and and we would love to walk with you in that journey of healing. Um, so know that we love you. Like, so as Father says, it's one of the most horrific sins. Um, you know, I don't think um, anyone consciously aware of the reality or most people let's say are consciously aware of the reality of what that sin is right i think yes. most people who have had an abortion aren't aware of what they are oh, actually no, doing 100 percent. doctors prey on that they prey on the ignorance of, of women and men in regards to this because if that and they do not tell them what's going to happen they do not tell them i, I mean i've I mean, how many women have, have priests talked to about this uh, and just recovery? But they, they prey on their ignorance and uh, from pressure on all sides. And, uh, and just to remind them that Christ died for all sins and that the only, the only requirement of our, uh, for mercy is that we seek his mercy, that we truly repent uh, and not to be overcome by the despair of our sins. Um, and so the reason that father says that um, it's one of the most horrific sins is because it's scientifically proven that at the moment of con conception, life exists. Yes. Science proved that and the courts chose to ignore it. Yeah. It's the most horrific of all sins because of a few reasons. One is done against the most innocent uh, person uh, imaginable, right? Uh, a baby. It is done... Um, by the person that it's closest to imaginable, by the mother. And it's done on such a wide scale and that uh, in no other part in history has this ever been even, because if, if we gathered up all of the you know, victims of war, of all the victims of, let's say, ancient pagan sacrifices, of you know, human sacrifice, I, we gathered up every victim of every excruciating thing, I wonder where that would compare in regards to just abortions just done in the United States. Sure. Um, and so it's done on such a mass scale, it's done by two the most innocent of people, done by the closest of the person, mm -hmm. right? And Mother Teresa said this best, that the victims of abortion is completely anti-woman because most of the victims are women. It's half the babies and all of the moms. Mm -hmm. And so... Why do I think that this was done maliciously? Because this is Satan's number one tool and his bad. This is the most horrific sin conceived of by humanity outside of the crucifixion of our Lord. The absolute genocide of children. Father Sibley used to describe it as the um, sacrament of the culture of death. Yes, and uh, that, that's a perfect way to put it. I, I preached that in one of my morning homilies this past week that... Uh, Satan, the way that Satan works, and we've never talked about demonology or angelology, but the overall principle of Satan is that everything he does is in complete opposite and mockery of God, right? Um, and so one example from that is that the greatest sacrament of the Catholic Church is the Eucharist. 
And the way that it's conferred is the priest is the priest saying in the words of Christ, "This is my body, given up for you." So I showed up uh, at the end of the man to man conference because we had our mini retreat, and I was here to pick up my son because he was live streaming, and um, and the priest from EWT and Father Wade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he, uh, he said something that kind of just struck me. He said, um, the reason that the Eucharist is the most blessed sacrament is because it is what it claims to be. Whereas the other sacraments point to Jesus. They point to something else, mm-hmm. right? They, 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 um, they're effective efficacious signs that point to something else. Whereas the Eucharist is what it claims to be. Yes. I was like, man, that's, it wasn't like a, Oh yeah. Wow. This is earth shattering, but I just never thought of it in that yeah. light. And so the greatest sacrament of the Catholic church is the Eucharist where the priest says, this is my body given up for you. And yet the greatest sin is used the very similar words. This is my body, which is not given up. Mm. This is my body, which is for me. Um, and that's the number one argument for abortion. This is my body. Mm-hmm. And so it's, this is an, ex- I, want, I want our listeners to understand this, that this is the most horrific sin, and this is 100% a spiritual battle against Satan in regards to this, that the sanctity of, hu- of human life is paramount because and it's the number one moral issue that the church has never wavered in the number one moral issue because before we can ever talk about the rights of a human being the right the right to do this the right to do that the right to live in freedom the right to to have free speech the right to raise your kids the right to you know love your wife before all of these rights that are absolutely intrinsic to the human being, before you could have any of those rights, you have to first be alive. Mm-hmm. We don't give rights, those rights to people that have died. So the right to life is the first and the groundwork of all rights of a human being. Well, I don't know. I would argue that we do give rights to those who die. Like in our country, we mm-hmm. we take care of the dead. Absolutely. Right? We I, I would argue that we care for the dead more than we care for the unborn sometimes. Oh, well, in most well, cases, it, when it comes to abortion, when abortion, absolutely, because even the rights that we give to the dead are not afforded to the right to the unborn. Correct. Because what happens? This is gruesome. I know. But when I say that people pray, when these doctors pray on the ignorance of these women, it's true that a lot of times if the baby is not developed enough, they'll just give them a pill and they'll pass the, the abortion in a toilet or in a bathtub mm-hmm. at home alone. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that um, the pill the, mm-hmm. the uh, birth control pill, um, one of its last failsafe mechanisms is um, abort- abortification, yes. right? It will um, soften the uterine wall, right? So that if conception takes place, implantation can't happen, yeah. right? And so a lot of the, uh, the if the baby's developed and the, and the doctor, uh, you know, tears limb from limb the baby inside the uterus and then pulls it out they throw it in a trash can or if the, if the mother has to pass this abortion by herself I can't even I've talked to women that have done this and uh, the absolutely scarring 
the thing that it does to him, I can't imagine. So since 1973, um, uh, the Supreme Court made, in 1973, the Supreme Court um, heard a case, Roe versus Wade, and that case allowed for abortion on demand, right? Um, and 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 now here we are. Fast forward, what are we? Fifty, almost fifty years later, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, we're in twenty twenty two. That's right. Yes. Am I doing math right? Mm-hmm. I'm from Saint Andrew Parish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so next year will be fifty years, and we're on the cusp of a Supreme Court case where it is likely that by the end of this summer we could have Roe v. Wade overturned. So as gruesome as abortion is, our pro-life efforts, um, uh, this is an exciting time that we should join in prayer for. Yes. I I put, not as a moral uh, weight in in regards to my authority as a priest, because a priest, being the, the spiritual leader of a parish, can enact this to where he forces, or not forces is a heavy term, but it, uh, for lack of terminology right, right now, I'll say it. A priest does have the right to, to Im- implement a moral weight upon his parishioners to do something, right? So fasting or prayer, the priest does have the authority uh, to enact that on his parishioners. And I didn't do this, but to pray every day for our Supreme Court mm-hmm. because to uphold this decision will be paramount. This is the number one issue in regards to morality in the entire world. And and people will say, you know, man, I can't, you know, abortion needs to end. Um, you know, I can't believe it's lasted this long. Uh, why does God allow this? And I'll be honest with you, I'm actually very surprised that God didn't smite the United States down much longer because of these sins. Mm. Uh, in fact, God s- smote nations for much less than this in the Old Testament sure. and, and, the, and the New Covenant too. Mm-hmm. It's such horrific sins. Uh, and so to pray, every, pray a rosary every day for this because the, the strength that's going to be needed by our Supreme Court because this leaked information about their, for the first time in history of our nation in order to change the opinions of the Supreme Court for this was done maliciously, mm-hmm. or at least from my, because of the spiritual side of things, I say this. Sure, uh, it was done maliciously, so that there can be public outcry, public pressure, rioting, all these uh, violence to protect violence. Because if a mother could kill her child, it's nothing. Yeah, for someone else to kill someone else. So and violence to protect violence. That's what they're looking for. So let's join in prayer. Um, if you're listening to this, let's join in prayer over the next months and weeks um, for our Supreme Court and just, you know, that 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 the Holy Spirit will continue to guide them and that they have the steadfast strength to um, to to be to be led. Right. Yes. In truth. And I and I brought this up in a homily and I've never done this before because usually I just talk about people that have passed away. Right. Because we are dead because we know everything about them. Huh? Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a person. If I encourage you to learn about the pro-life movement or the pro-life arguments or and discussion, and the best way, if you read, buy a book by a guy named Trent Horn. Mm-hmm. Persuasive Pro-Life is the title. Persuasive Pro-Life by Trent Horn. Or if you don't like to read, that's a shame. But uh, just go on YouTube and type in Trent Horn 
pro-life and just start watching video why are we pro-life what's the best arguments for pro-life what are the oppositions that bring into the table in regards to pro-life and how do we answer that learn about this because it is a heated discussion and the the worst way to go into a heated discussion is not knowing a thing about it sure so learn about it and i believe trent horn a guy from catholic answers is probably the best voice in regards to this uh especially in regards to arguments uh and just keeping a level head and understanding the issues at hand so learn learn why we're pro-life i think is what father's saying and let's join together in prayer and then the last thing to wrap up i would like to say is um when this decision um when Roe v. Wade is overturned and it's kicked back to the states, a lot of states are going to become pro-life states, which is great. Um, and as a pro-life people, that doesn't mean that unwanted pregnancies are going to go away. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so as Catholics and as pro-life Catholics, we're going to have to step into that gap. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are going to be mothers who are going to need us to put our money where our mouth is and yes. to really be present to them, you know, uh, for, for decades we have prayed for this moment right yes and now it's time for us to step up in a way that we've never had to step up before or many of us haven't had the opportunity to step up um and 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 really like if we're pro-life let's come to the let's come to the table and be pro-life and let's take care of these babies john paul ii said it best the dignity of every woman is the duty of every man Mm -hmm. so let us pray we look forward to seeing y'all this weekend. I think that brings us to a close, right? Yes. Um, we, we look forward to uh, seeing y'all this weekend. We hope and pray that y'all have a great rest of your week. Um, let us join a prayer. Let us join together in prayer this week. Um, fasting rosaries, um, you know, however you pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's lift up the Supreme court in this time. Absolutely. Y'all have a great rest of your week and we'll see you at mass this weekend. God bless. God bless. God bless.